Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. It's harder to focus than ever these days. Thankfully, C4 has reinvented the energy drink game with C4 Smart Energy, the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus, containing 200 milligram of natural caffeine, a blend of vitamins and zero sugar. It was formulated to support your well-being and help you feel your best, all while enhancing mental focus. From your brain to your body, C4 Smart Energy does it all, and tastes amazing. Look for Smart Energy in the beverage aisle at your local Kroger, Albertsons, and Safeway grocery stores. C4 Smart Energy. Stay focused. Tonight, President Biden addresses the nation in his first State of the Union amid a raging war in Ukraine and rising prices here at home. As Russia bombards Ukraine's capital, including a TV tower and Holocaust memorial, we're learning the president will detail the latest efforts to stop Vladimir Putin. Plus, as oil reaches a seven-year high and causes pain at the pump, the president tonight on how he'll curb inflation and claim credit for record job growth. The cost of war, the humanitarian crisis worsens as Ukrainian refugees line up at the border. We're there as some women and children have to wait five days. War crimes? Russians target civilian areas with increasingly powerful weapons. And could that 40-mile-long convoy outside of Kyiv be stalled because the Russians are running out of food and fuel? Plus, the big news tonight with Apple products in Russia. Russia's richest targeted. Tonight, the super yachts and private jets moving around the globe as Russian oligarchs look to avoid the U.S. freezing their assets. The cost of child care. Why that's leading to fewer women in the workforce. And American kindness. The generosity of strangers sending supplies to the refugees fleeing their homes in Ukraine. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening on this busy night here in Washington. In a short time, President Biden will deliver his first State of the Union address amid growing challenges both at home and abroad. Russia's war in Ukraine is escalating with missile attacks against government buildings and accusations of war crimes leveled against the Kremlin. Human rights groups say Russian troops are targeting hospitals and schools. And a U.S. official tells CBS News that Russian forces could isolate the city of Kiev in a week and take the capital 30 days 
after that. The president spoke by phone today with Ukraine's President Zelensky for about 30 minutes. The State of the Union speech, which is traditionally heavy on domestic issues, tonight will begin with Ukraine. And we're getting an early look at this speech and what the president will say. He'll say when dictators do not pay a price for their aggression, they cause more chaos. We have got a team of reporters with the latest from Ukraine. But first, let's go to CBS's Nancy Cordes at the White House. Nancy? Nora, I'm told that President Biden will go directly after the Russian president tonight. And according to excerpts just released, he'll say that Vladimir Putin miscalculated. Quote, he thought the West and NATO wouldn't respond, and he thought he could divide us here at home. But Putin was wrong, and we were ready. This high-profile speech has been written and rewritten and rewritten again in response to changing world events. President Biden donned a blue and yellow tie today, Ukraine's national colors, as he spoke by phone with Ukraine's president, holed up in an underground bunker. Zelensky said they discussed his need for more defense assistance as Russian bombing intensifies. The U.S. and its allies unleashed more economic firepower today, Apple halting all product sales in Russia as Visa and MasterCard blocked Russian banks from their networks. Ford suspended operations in Russia following GM's lead. And the operator of the new Nord Stream 2 natural gas pipeline from Russia to Germany filed for bankruptcy in the face of crippling sanctions. But fears of a worldwide shortage forced oil prices up more than 10 percent today to their highest level in seven years, even after other oil-producing nations, including the U.S., agreed to release 60 million barrels of crude from their reserves. A gallon of gas now costs 24 cents more than it did just a month ago. We are not able to afford it anymore. Uh, Prices are going up with food and everything else. And yet a new CBS News poll finds overwhelming support for U.S. sanctions on Russia. And Ukraine is the number one issue Americans want to hear about tonight, ahead of the economy, inflation and the coronavirus. As the pandemic recedes, the social distancing required at last year's joint address has been eliminated and masks will be optional. What has returned is the fortress-like security at the Capitol, a legacy of the January 6th insurrection. The State of the Union address can be a polarizing affair, but tonight both sides are showing solidarity with Ukraine. Take a look at this. 150 lawmakers donned blue and yellow for a photo on the Capitol steps earlier today. And sitting with the First Lady tonight will be Ukraine's ambassador to the U.S., a powerful signal to the world, Nora, about the strength of this alliance. Nancy Cordes at the White House. Thanks. Let's turn now to Ukraine, where on day six, Russians targeted civilians in two of the country's biggest cities. In a sign of how dire the situation is, President Zelensky told the European Parliament that his country is fighting for survival. CBS's Chris Livesay is in the city of Lviv in western Ukraine. Good evening, Chris. Good evening, Nora. Tonight, a U.S. official confirms to CBS News that the U.S. will directly provide Stinger anti-aircraft missiles to the Ukrainian military. This as the Russian military rains down missiles of its own on Ukrainian cities. A quiet city street turned into fire and rubble. 
The Ukrainian Interior Ministry says at least 10 people were killed and dozens injured in Ukraine's second largest city of Kharkiv. This as fears grow that Russian forces are increasingly putting populated areas in their crosshairs. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky called today's missile attack a war crime and claimed it wasn't a legitimate target. Russian air power attacked the airwaves, knocking out TV stations in Kyiv and killing five people, Ukrainian emergency services said. All while ground forces tried to encircle Kyiv with this noose, a convoy stretching 40 miles long north of the capital. But a U.S. official tells CBS News that it's barely moved in the past 24 hours due to fuel and supply shortages. Those trying to flee go by any route necessary, including this makeshift bridge. But fighting continues, and two cities in the south are reportedly surrounded, including Mariupol, where mothers and their newborns have been forced to take shelter in a hospital basement. Russian video shows an attack helicopter flying low over Ukrainian fields before Russian soldiers dismount in what was claimed to be a special operation. But a U.S. official tells CBS News that the invasion is not proceeding as quickly as Putin hoped, as Ukrainian forces like these and even civilians like these blocking a Russian tank have shown impressive resolve despite the odds. Nevertheless, a U.S. official confirms to CBS News that the attack is bound to encircle Russia within a week and Russia could take the entire city within 30 days after that. Nora? Chris Livesay, with all that new reporting, thank you. Well, as the Russian bombardment intensifies, the number of civilians fleeing Ukraine to neighboring countries has reached nearly 700,000. The crowd's getting so large that the wait time at some checkpoints is now around five days. CBS's Christina Ruffini is at the border of Ukraine and Poland. More than 400,000 Ukrainians have already made the long, cold journey to Poland, and more are on the way. I don't want to leave, but it's completely dangerous to stay here. The EU says 4 million people could be forced to flee. So we're all on the Ukrainian side of the Medica border crossing. All these people have been walking all night to get here, and they still have to wait to get into Poland. At this receiving center in Shemush, a few miles away, Volunteers from all over Europe have come to offer free rides, work, and places to stay. We have to do something. Friedrich Hutner drove from Germany and says Europeans have been much more divided about taking in refugees from other non-European conflicts. Racial is always a very hard and bad word, but for a fact it's easier to take in people from, yeah, from, from the same continent. And there are reports of African and Middle Eastern refugees having trouble leaving Ukraine. Across the parking lot, Natalia and her family loaded into another volunteer van. Thank you, she says, to the kind people who helped them. Now, in addition to private citizens, a couple of the hotels here in Zheshev are offering free rooms to refugees. Train tickets are free for Ukrainians. All they have to do is show their passport. And the company Airbnb says it will offer free short-term housing to 100,000 refugees. Nora? Christina Ruffini, thank you. Well, earlier today, we sat down with Republican Senator Mitt Romney. He serves on the Foreign Relations Committee, and we asked him about the war in Ukraine. 
With the president speaking there on Capitol Hill tonight, are you worried that Vladimir Putin could try to upstage him and launch a deadly attack on Ukraine's capital of Kiev? Well, there's no way of predicting what kind of illogical things Vladimir Putin will do. Uh, his invasion of Ukraine doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, I think long term, you have to see that this is a very bad decision on his part. Uh, so I don't rule anything out, but I think it's more likely that we're going to be focused in our country and what President Biden has to say about how we're going to rethink the commitments and the priorities we have in our country. Is there anything that the U.S. can do to stop Vladimir Putin? Well, Vladimir Putin has put himself on a course where uh, the people who will stop him are the people of Ukraine. Uh, we want to help them with additional armament, uh, with food and supplies. Uh, that is getting through at this stage. Uh, but uh, the people of the world have also come together and insisted that their governments continue to increase the sanctions on Russia. And that will continue. Are you concerned about a scenario where this could escalate to a nuclear attack? Well, people are always concerned, and I'm among them, for uh, what kinds of things Vladimir Putin might do, uh, whether he might use tactical nuclear weapons at some point if he were in a corner uh, with his conventional weaponry. I think it's extremely unlikely that he would move in that direction in the current conflict. Uh, but I think we always have to recognize that Vladimir Putin has well over a thousand nuclear weapons aimed at the United States of America. And, uh, and so to consider him somehow a friend or someone we can do business with ignores the fact that he is a, 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 an enemy. And what about Vladimir Putin's mental state? He looks increasingly isolated. What do you know? I don't think that anybody can really uh, assess what's going on in the mind of Vladimir Putin right now. The huge table with him sitting at one end uh, is like Dr. Strangelove. Uh, he is not listening, apparently, to people who have contrary points of view. I don't know that that's something which suggests a mental imbalance or whether it's just a recognition uh, that this is a dictator, that he's intent on conquest. Ukrainians have been pleading for a no-fly zone. Is that something you would support? Uh, I would love there to be a, a humanitarian corridor, a no-fly zone, if you, if you will, that could be negotiated that would allow women and children from Ukraine to be able to escape if they want to do so. It would hopefully be something done by the United Nations or by NATO or even by us. But we don't want to find ourselves in a position where we're in direct conflict uh, with, uh, with Russians. The consequence of that could be too severe. And that was my conversation today with Republican Senator Mitt Romney. We want to turn now to the crackdown on the richest Russians, the power brokers who now run what were once state-owned industries in the Soviet Union. With sanctions closing in, CBS's Catherine Herridge tells us how the oligarchs are trying to shield their assets. The wealthiest Russian money, including Vladimir Putin's, has pushed out to sea. Data from marine traffic shows oligarch yachts on the move, including aluminum magnate Oleg Deripaska's $65 million Clio and oil executive Vajit Aleksparov's $80 million Galactica supernova. No self-respecting oligarch exists without a superyacht. Uh, what we're seeing now is hightailing it on the high seas. The Biden administration created a task force to go after the oligarchs' yachts, their luxury apartments, their money, and their ability to send their kids to fancy college in the West. Financier and anti-corruption advocate Bill Browder says the goal is to get oligarchs to pressure Putin to stop the war. We're not, we're not ready to engage in, in military warfare. 
And so there's an expression, we should fight them in the banks if we can't fight them with tanks. And cracks are appearing. Oligarch Mikhail Friedman founded one of Russia's largest private banks. So I do not believe that war could be a solution. And in his London newspaper, one oligarch's son, Yevgeny Lebedev, pleaded with the Russian president to, quote, save the world from annihilation. The financial pressure is really about undermining support for Vladimir Putin. Absolutely. Among rank-and-file Russians, as well as the oligarchs who help control the economy. Even before Russia invaded Ukraine, this $100 million yacht, believed to be Putin's, left a German port for safer Russian waters. He's a former KGB agent, and he has worked his entire career to appear on the surface to be the common man, when below the surface, it's apparent that he has significant wealth stored. Former government officials and outside experts tell CBS News that cutting off Putin's energy revenue is key. But this is an area where both the U.S. and our allies are vulnerable. Further disruption of the energy supply could send prices even higher, Nora. Just fascinating. Catherine Herridge, thank you. Well, tonight, a CBS News poll finds more than 60 percent of Americans say the U.S. economy is in bad shape. A majority of those polled are concerned about their ability to pay for routine monthly expenses like gas, personal debt, groceries, heat and electricity. As CBS's Mark Strassman reports, the cost of child care is preventing many, especially women, from returning to work. I hope you have a good day. You're watching parents and kids say their goodbyes to another childcare center in Kansas. Everybody knows that Christina has done everything she possibly can and has fought so hard for these kids. And it's just too bad. After nine years, director Christina Turner has to close the Manchester School for Young Children in Topeka. She can't find qualified help. Everyone is so burnt out. Everyone is so frustrated. Do you feel as though you're letting these people down. Yeah. And that's hard. Very. Since the pandemic began, Kansas has lost roughly 350 daycare providers. Nearly three-fourths of counties here have become childcare deserts. Costs have soared. Typical childcare is now 31% of the average income for women. That's a third of her income. It was just a child care. It's costing more than it makes sense for a lot of women to be able to work. The U.S. labor force now has one million fewer women than pre-pandemic. Of those returning to work, 63 percent are men. Child care given as the major reason why. Child care is truly the backbone of our entire economy. But for some reason, our society is not seeing it that way. Child care is becoming a luxury, if you can afford it, if you can find it. If we don't have safe places to send our kids, how do you expect us to go to work? To millions of women, here's the answer. You can't. Mark Strassman, CBS News, Topeka, Kansas. I hope our reporting is a... This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx Service Guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? 
See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Wake up call. Tonight, Major League Baseball has struck out with players and team owners failing to meet this evening's deadline to keep opening day on March 31st. The now shortened season will cost both sides millions of dollars in lost pay and revenue. Britain's Queen Elizabeth is once again reporting for royal duty nine days after she was diagnosed with COVID. The 95-year-old monarch resumed public engagements today, holding virtual meetings with several ambassadors. The images of women and children fleeing violence in Ukraine has gripped the hearts of the world and in this country prompted charities into action. Here's CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti. We've seen families fleeing war-torn Ukraine with only a suitcase if they're lucky, saying goodbye to the only home they've ever known. We've also been inspired by the outpouring of support that has greeted these refugees. Today, volunteers packed boxes with food and sanitary kits at this warehouse in Miami. The supplies will be flown to Poland and handed to refugees as soon as they cross the border. Michael Capone is the founder of Global Empowerment Mission, which has helped deliver aid to earthquake-rocked Haiti and hurricane-hit Florida. His plan includes shipping $350,000 in medical supplies and equipment to those still inside Ukraine. There's no food on the shelves. There's no medicine. Supplying a country with food and resources, it's a big undertaking. Capone's group is also helping to temporarily relocate families. His hope, like so many, is that this war ends soon and permanent housing isn't needed. But for now, with so much uncertain, the generosity of strangers unfolding in warehouses and on front lines is appreciated more than ever before. Jonathan Vigliotti, CBS News. We are all praying for the people of Ukraine. And later tonight, CBS News coverage of the State of the Union Address starts at 8 p.m. Eastern on our streaming network and then continues right here on our broadcast network at 9 p.m. Eastern. And if you can't watch us the evening news live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. I'm Nora O'Donnell in Nation's Capital. See you for the State of the Union. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. And how long have you been the, the producer of this? We've been doing this for two years now. Okay. And and what is it like to attempt to uh, get feedback from me about the podcast? Be honest about how quickly I respond to emails. You actually respond to emails surprisingly fast. Really? I, I think you might be the only person I respond to. <laughs> I respond to quickly. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I expected I expected you to lay into me. Well, this was over the strike period. Oh, I had time. Yeah. See, that, that, does, that doesn't count. <laughs> Sure, I responded to everything because responding to you, putting reruns up on the podcast was like a form of employment. Yeah. And I felt like I had something to get up for every yeah. day. So thank you for that. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 